Hello, hi there. Welcome to Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a better future. This podcast is to help students and young professionals to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode, we interact with industry experts and drive some insightful conversations that will help our audience learn great things. We also share an interesting trivia or fun fact about the IT world towards the end of every episode. Thank you for tuning in. This is Naveen and I'm with my co-host Sudhakar. So enterprise IT infrastructure refers to the composite hardware, software, network resources and services required for the existence, operation and management of an enterprise IT environment. It also allows an organization to deliver IT solutions and services to its employees, partners and customers and is usually internal to an organization and deployed within owned facilities so today we are going to discuss enterprise infrastructure and we are pleased to welcome bharat to our show bharat bedi leads global system integrator alliances for solar winds that's world's largest network monitoring it software company bharat has spent the last 15 years driving businesses in the technical roles through inside sales and enterprise sales for companies like Dell, IBM and Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Over these years, he has spoken in various panels about solving IT challenges, including his recent webinar at the CIO India Forum. Bharat, welcome to our The Guiding Voice podcast again. Let's get into our conversation. Sure. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. So Bharat, let us talk a bit about your career journey so far. We know the companies that you worked for, but a little more, please. Well, before we get started, I want to congratulate both of you for all the work that you're doing with The Guiding Voice. Uh, it's exciting for me to be here, but you know, there isn't much guidance available out there that help people give a practical knowledge on, you know, how to get started and where to start and the people to look out for and so it's it's a lot of effort from the both of you so great work and thank you for doing what you're doing and like i said i'm really happy and excited to be here now about my career it's been colorful there's tons of things that i can talk about and i can go for the whole day but to summarize it outside of working in call centers and ngos which is how i actually started before i really got into corporates my like you said my my main 15 years focused part of the career has been uh, working in it industry and when i say it industry a majority of that has been with these big giants like dell ibm hp and so on who opened the whole it infrastructure world for me so with these companies i've been really fortunate to work in various capacities like sales marketing technology consulting as i kept growing and learning you know with the companies now there's one thing which has been fundamental all throughout these 15 years which i enjoy the most across these 15 years i've always had a chance to meet and speak with it leaders across different corporates in different industry verticals like manufacturing to banks to oil and gas and basically have 
been able to understand their requirement, marry these requirements with the technology available and have been able to create solutions that helps them resolve some of their business uh, challenges. In addition to this, what I do right now is uh, I've dabbled a lot with, with this IT infrastructure. So, uh, you know, I wanted to step aside and get into a different form of learning. So what I do right now is I work for a company called SolarWinds, which is, by the way, got nothing to do with solar panels. I get asked that a lot. Uh, this is a software company. They have really interesting software that monitors all the IT infrastructure and basically alerts you if something goes wrong. So yeah, that's how my career has been. Thank you, Father uh, Bharat. Bharat, you know, in the last 15 years, the enterprise infrastructure, as summarized by Naveen in the introduction, has evolved a lot. So what do you think is the key thing that is happening at this juncture as we speak? There's tons that's happening. If I may, because I know that your listeners are young professionals as well as students, I just want to give everybody a benefit of doubt and bring everyone on the same platform. And I just want to simplify IT infrastructure for everyone listening to this. It's basically, do you know how you use Word, Excel, PowerPoint, or Chrome on your laptop? Now, let's say I told you that you need to run application softwares, not like the basic ones, not the Word, Excel, PowerPoints of the world. But if I get you to be a little more professional or specific applications, let's say I ask you to do photo editing through Adobe Photoshop, or I ask you to do video editing through Premiere Pro, or I ask you to use another heavy application to edit this podcast, for example, you would think of buying a more expensive laptop. Now, this more expensive laptop means that you have a laptop with more CPU power, more RAM, more storage, and probably better networking capabilities, just like how it is in our cell phones these days. So that's just your personal usage. Now think of some really heavy applications needed to run an entire company, right from sales to HR, to planning, to resources, to finance applications, to accounting applications, to running websites, with multiple people accessing them at the same time. In that case, you can't really work with expensive laptops. You need bigger, stronger, and more powerful computers. Now, these bigger, stronger, and more powerful computers are called servers. Um, and these servers have the same components. It's a CPU, it's the RAM, it's the hard drive, it's the network cards, but it's got so many of those that I like to call them computers on steroids. And the reason I'm, I'm making this connection is is when you talk about the innovations and what's something that's happening in the industry, you've got to look at the fundamentals of any IT infrastructure. That fundamental is sitting inside your cell phone today. It is sitting inside the laptop that you're using. It's the same CPU, RAM, hard drive, and network cards. And when, when you run these inside a server, they get loud and they get hot. So if you have 20 of these servers, you will put them inside an IT room. You know, for the young professionals listening to this, you always have that IT room on the floor that your IT administrator does not want you to enter. And it's always running that really cool air air conditioning thing. That's about, let's say, 20 of those servers. But you have, if you have 2,000 of these, then you have a dedicated space that companies like to call data centers. So what we'll be talking about and the innovation that we are making is the stuff that's happening inside these data centers. And when you look inside a data center, there's 
racks and racks and rows of these devices which has again those same fundamental things cpu that in our space we also like to call compute power so cpu ram storage and network devices now with that being said and i just wanted to lay that foundation over here let's go back to your questions you know what are some of the things uh, that are happening in in this space i think there is there's tons of innovations that are happening and i also think that these innovations are happening actually for a couple of reasons the first is why do you need a hardware infrastructure or it hardware infrastructure the basic reason for that is that you have to run these applications you don't buy a desktop or a laptop because you want to buy it you buy a desktop or a laptop because you want to run word excel powerpoint on that you want to be online with a zoom call you want to record a podcast you want to go watch netflix online so it is these software applications that force you to buy the hardware it's exactly the same case in the it infrastructure space in the enterprise it infrastructure space so i should call it the applications that are needed to run a company these applications are getting heavier and as they get heavier they want more muscle power to run there is a company called salesforce.com they make a crm application basically allows a sales guy in a company to record all the conversations that they have with their end customer and the salesperson can forecast when will the business come when will it not when they started it all that they gave to the salesperson was a basic form that he just fills in and everybody gets access to understanding what conversations is the salesperson having with their customer today the sales guy says that i want to connect to my end customer's linkedin profile in an ai fashion so it automatically populates and tells me when was the last time they called so listen we are getting selfish and we more we need more and more features and these more features means more line of codes all these line of codes have to run on some hardware so that's my point as these applications get more and more advanced and heavier they need more muscle power to run so the innovation in hardware technology i think it's getting pushed because companies want to make applications heavier and these applications have to run on heavier infrastructure let me explain that by a gaming example as well i mean if for the ones uh, who love gaming it's not that they could not make a game with really high definition graphics with 4k capabilities years back they could but you did not have a graphics card or a tv or a monitor that could handle so many details so it's that software game that pushed the hardware industry or the nvidias of the world or you know the other companies who make graphics card it got them to push to make graphics card that can make that and now so they work at that so my view on this is this it's the applications and hardware that are working at hand so as applications are getting heavier you need heavier hardware but more efficient hardware as well so that's one way of bringing innovation the other reason why innovations are happening in the it infrastructure space is because there are challenges that come with running infrastructure it's not easy to run it like i said these machines get hot and they get loud and uh, they take a, a lot of power to run so you've got electricity bills going on and when you have hundreds of thousands of them then you've got huge data centers where you're running these machines so there are challenges which are involved in running enterprise infrastructure these challenges are like cost administration how many people do i have to hire to run all these servers security around this if i have all the data of my company sitting inside one server or one storage machine what if somebody uninvited comes to the party and gets access to this there's security features so every challenge that these machines bring 
becomes a reason for innovation in this industry. So from a technology perspective, I'm really excited to see all the innovations that are happening to make IT infrastructure faster, cheaper, better, and and to be delivered in a way that's more cost-effective. And from the business side of things, I think it's only going to grow further. Hey, uh, Bharat, you spoke about data centers and that is more of on-prem and wherein organizations maintain their own uh, storage rooms, wherein they host the servers and computers and steroids in your words. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> however, these days, every organization, big or uh, small, is talking about cloud. And how do you think this cloud is aligning with the overall enterprise infrastructure strategy? Yeah, you know, that's one question that comes all the time. I was speaking at a, at a college a couple of years back in Malaysia and someone in the audience came and told me, and I used to work with an IT hardware company at that time. Someone in the audience came and told me, why are you in the space that is going to go out of business? And I thought, wait, what? Am I in the wrong company? And he said, yeah, everything's going on cloud. Have you, have you not read why why you in the space? And, and the thing is, he was not misinformed. But let me try to break this myth. First, I don't think that there is cloud versus on-prem. And let me take actually a second and explain what is on-prem for the listeners. On-premise is nothing but buying your own hardware and running it inside your own data center, which obviously involves a lot of cost. Corporate like to call it capital expenditure, which means that you put a lump sum amount of money and you give it to another company and say, give me hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of hardware that I can run. That's what we call on-prem or on-premise. So I don't think there is a cloud versus an on-premise. It definitely was the case initially when the cloud technologies came and all these hardware companies were like, what are we going to do? Our customer is not going to buy our stuff and will they all move to cloud? I think there is cloud along with on-prem rather than cloud versus on-prem. We happen to call it a hybrid IT space. Let me tell you something interesting. I was actually selling enterprise infrastructure products when public cloud technology started becoming really popular. And uh, I was in Mumbai those days. And, you know, so in sales, I, I got all these enterprise accounts and majority of my customers were from the banking space being in Mumbai. While it was really frustrating to find out that they wouldn't buy the servers that I wanted to sell to them and they were giving all the business to the public cloud companies. Here's what I learned. The decision of moving to public cloud did not come from the IT head as much as it came from the finance head of the company. So public cloud is a great answer to managing the finances and managing the capital expenditure versus the operating expenditure fight. You see, here's the thing. If three of us were to start a company today, right, and we go to a VC or venture capitalist or we go to a bank and we get a loan of $100,000 as a seeding capital, and let's say we are making an amazing application on Apple Store, would we put it in buying all the servers that are needed for us to host this application and get administrators to maintain those servers or we hire people who can actually create our application and grow the business and so i will use cloud at that time and pay this cloud companies as and when i get to use them so basically what i'm trying to say is cloud is actually a great technology i'm not debating that but it's actually exactly like using an uber versus buying your own car but wait this is where it gets furthermore interesting if your job asks you to go to office twice a week and you don't stay that far, it doesn't make sense for you to buy a car, but Uber it. 
pay as you go, just when you need it, just like cloud. But if you have to drive 100 kilometers up and down every day and always have to be out in the field, you will think that my Uber bills are so high that I'd rather buy a car. So then what's the right decision? Now, in the practical world, as technologies and these models have gotten matured, there is no one versus the other. And the fact is nobody puts all their eggs in the same basket and they use a bit of both. You know, they use a combination of public cloud technologies with on-premise data center technologies and connect them both in a way that they can talk to each other and hence cost-wise, you get the best of both the worlds. So basically what I'm trying to say is that if you have a family of five or seven people, you don't buy five or seven cars. What you do is you get your kids to use the public transport to go to school and come back. You probably ask uh, your wife to use Uber and you use a car and you just have one car. Although I would suggest you give the car to the wife and use Uber yourself just to be safe. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, and then if you have parents, then maybe they want to go and visit their relatives only once in two weeks. So then you figure out what's the best model there. If the car is available, you use the car. And if the Uber is there, then, you know, maybe you can get them over. So in fact, enterprise infrastructure giants have started to think about schemes to make their technologies available in a way that makes more sense, that makes, I should say, that makes as much sense to the CFO as much as it makes sense to the CIO. So they are trying to think of flexible way of billing to the companies, so it's just easier. So I will go back to what I said a few minutes back. This whole public cloud technology decision is, it's a cost decision as much as it's a technology decision as well. I think companies still need more and more of infra. If you have a 64 GB phone today, your next one is gonna be 128 GB. Find me somebody who had a 64 GB phone and some compute power and who's picked a new phone, which is 32 GB. Nobody goes back. They always, you always buy more, better hardware. So I think, the business-wise, IT infrastructure is going to continue to sell more and more because you always need a faster, better, stronger IT hardware. I just think what's happening is the buyer has changed. So let me tell you something further more interesting. I've come with all these stories for you guys today. You know what I said? That this bank did not buy the servers and they said we are going on the cloud. My colleague happened to have accounts or customers who were these cloud companies at the time in Mumbai and there was a local company. So this bank actually had given the contract to this cloud company to run their infrastructure. So while I did not get the business, my colleague got all the business because this public cloud hosting company came to our company and said, hey, here's the bank who's just asked me to host all the IT infrastructure. So I got to buy about 70 servers and a few terabytes of storage and some networking equipment because I don't have much and I need to buy much. At the end of the day, the company that I was working for ended up making the sale. I did not get it. Somebody else got it, but the hardware got sold. So it's the same thing for compute, same thing for storage, same thing for network. It is going to be required more and more. Sometimes the end customers buy it. Sometimes these public cloud companies buy it. And sometimes there's a balance in between both. Thanks, Bharat, for sharing those insights, how cloud aligns with the regular enterprise infrastructure. Now, coming to another question, how can one get deep into the enterprise infrastructure? A problem used to be that there was not enough information available. And with the internet in your palms all the time, I think the other extreme side of the problem is that there is just too much of information available. So if you actually just do a Google as, as a young professional or as a student, and if you say servers, 
you will have hundreds of thousands of links of different companies that make it or different people who talk about these technologies so you don't know where to start and what's interesting is every company shows up and says that our servers are the fastest and the best servers in the world <laughs> and then and so what goes inside of the server it's the same intel processor it's the same ram and the same storage so how do you find out what's the best and how do you learn more about these things i think what has worked for me is you go back to fundamentals the fundamental three things pick these three things compute network and storage start reading about these three things uh, separately and think about the innovations that have happened around it when i started my career i used to sell laptops and desktops but we had to consult different people who had to buy high performance desktops and laptops and as i grew in the career my companies asked me to talk to corporates and their it departments that need servers and storage machines so then i was like how do i get started and i used to work with a tech specialist at that time and I asked him how do i get started and he said you know why don't you come to the lab with me i'll open the server and i'll start with key components for you and when he opened it he said hey this is the basic motherboard but this is the compute which is the processor this is network this is storage and today this entire it infrastructure industry is revolving around these three key areas like i said it before you're making it better faster stronger or you're working around the challenges so here's how to get started focus on the three fundamentals compute network storage and majority of it hardware technologies have been created to make these things stronger or better so i'll give you a couple of examples right everybody talks about network security in the space right there are a lot of companies like juniper fi palo alto these guys deal in hardware infrastructure around network security network security in this space was created to make sure that all the data that flows between compute network and storage does not get accessed or hacked by uninvited people so just that network security part is billions of dollars of industry in itself now how did it come you go back to compute network storage so if i'm in college and if i don't know how to start and how to read about it if i start reading about network the challenges around network you start exploring more around what's available out there the challenges and the solutions and their challenges and their solutions I'll give you another example. There's a company called uh, Nutanix, N-U-T-A-N-I-X, Nutanix, and they do something called hyperconverged technology. So, what is a hyperconverged technology? Which is also, by the way, billions of dollars worth of technology. It was created to run all these three compute network storage more efficiently. So, customers said that I've got ten data centers globally. Can I reduce these ten data centers to three? because i don't want to pay all these bills around electricity and real estate and the cost of running these data centers hyperconverged technology came about and said yeah sure we'll help you run it what this tech is basically is just they're just shrinking everything down and making it in a more efficient way so how do you get started and get deep into it i think the best way to start is compute network storage i think towards the end of this podcast everybody will be singing compute network storage <laughs> start with these three and start thinking about the innovation that has or is happening on each of these three places individually and the connected use cases and you know you will get good examples so bharat can you share some career opportunities within this compute network storage area under this broad umbrella of uh, enterprise infrastructure i think career wise there is something for everyone from my experience i have seen 
that there are three ways to go about career opportunities and honestly to each zone uh, you know it depends on what your strengths are as a student or as a young professional or which area are you more passionate about but if i were to bucket it i would call it three buckets first is you can get on the engineering and innovation side and get involved in the creation of these products you know this is where you've got job offers like product engineers and product managers and system engineers and all that these are the guys who sit in the labs who think about what should be the next combination of this compute network storage is it's some of these guys who got together and said hey you know hyperconverge is the is the way of the game so one side of this is do you want to align yourself in the creation of these technologies and if that's the case and if you're at a stage and now i'm thinking from a listener's perspective that if you're at a stage where you're thinking of that you know which course do i choose or what do i do to get to that side so it's it's the product engineering and the computer engineering side of things and that will help you to get into the innovation and engineering and creation of these technologies that's one the second bucket i think is you can get into the go to market side of things which is where i've built my career the go to market is that i'm i'm not the guy i'm not a computer engineer i'm not the guy who creates these technologies but i'm the guy who gets involved in the customer facing roles and the business of this enterprise infrastructure that involves selling marketing consulting evangelizing and creating solutions around these products and this is where If you do a LinkedIn search today, you'll see a whole lot of roles like sales, pre-sales, uh, technology consultants, installations, implementation experts, and that kind of stuff. So what we started, the first bucket was the people who are creating these technologies, and the second bucket then is once the technology is created, companies need experts who can take these technologies and evangelize and sell and consult them. to the end customer and create a business of that. And then the third side I think is you can get involved in the consumption side of these technologies where you can get hired by companies who buy such technologies and products and give it to experts to use them. This is where the roles like servers and storage administrators come into the picture or the network administrator comes into the picture. These are the guys who are doing those CCNAs and CCNP and Cisco certified courses and these days the Aruba certified courses or whatever new company is they're doing their own certifications. So when you consume these technologies, I'm a bank and I just bought a lot of IT infrastructure, I need to give it to people who can maintain and run this IT infrastructure so you know we can do the work that we're supposed to do with this investment. So think about what you want to do you know get involved in the creation piece or the go to market piece which is where I've built my career or do you want to be on the side where you consume the technologies and when you run the servers and the storage side Now this is just about working for corporates these three buckets there are a lot of other things that one can do as well these days we have a lot of IT system integrators or IT partners who are working with various companies and they get different technologies they put them together and they sell it as a service as well so go back to those three buckets i talk about and then think about where you want to build and what are you most passionate about and what gives you the kick and uh, go with that excellent suggestions and wonderful insights so far parat so coming to the last question of today's episode what are some of the tips that you would like to share with the students and young professionals who want to make begin their careers Wow, and making it big is subjective, right? I mean, honestly, I'm not sure if I'm the right one to even answer this, as I as I don't personally, I don't think that 
I've made it big yet, you know, but I can tell you that I'm somewhere on that journey for sure. And and, and I'd say a journey and journey it has been because, you know, I, I grew up in Delhi and started working in Delhi with Dell and then I've been in Bangalore and Mumbai and you know, Malaysia and then I've been outside of India for more than five years now. And so I will tell you, while I've popped around quite a bit with different companies and I've worked with different people, I'll tell you what has worked for me and uh, what I've observed from pe- what has worked for a few successful people around me. And I'm going to say this at the cost of sounding preachy, by the way, but here goes. <laughs> Making it big for me is finding the right roles and then continue to grow from there and then trust the process. You know, if you just get and say, I'm gonna be the next CEO and I am becoming the next CEO, that there's a lot that goes into that process. So first get into the right role and then continue to grow from there. So then the, this question comes that, so how do you get to the right roles? And my answer to that is it's preparation plus opportunities that equals to finding new roles. Let me explain this a little bit. Let's say if you say that you wanna be the next business leader for an IT infrastructure company. And I say, hey, you know what? I actually, I know somebody who's hiring for that role. Are you available for an interview tomorrow morning? The answer is, "Uh uh-oh, wait a second. I need to, I'm not sure because I need to go back. I think I need my research, I need to. So I just gave you an opportunity, but were you prepared for that? Maybe not. So do you think you're going to land that role? Maybe not. So I think the two things that have to work is preparation. You need to prepare and then you need to find the right opportunities. So you go back to those three buckets that I talked about and think about which way do you want to build that career and start preparing yourself. That preparation is important. The interesting part about this is between preparation and opportunities, the only thing in your hand is preparation. Opportunities are not. But the good news is that the opportunities always come. I've seen this in the last 15 years. You know, you may get a little frustrated, man. There's nothing that, that, that I need today. There's some role or the other that some company or the other are hiring for. So there are opportunities. The question is how much are you prepared for that? So find out which bucket do you want to align yourself with and get into that preparation mode. This preparation may be you reading and researching, enrolling yourself for a specific role. I know so many people who have gone and done their AWS and Azure certifications just in the hope of getting jobs in these companies. Have they all landed in AWS and Azure? Not all, some have, but if they haven't landed, they've always landed in some role which have got something or the other to do about these cloud technologies. So preparation plus opportunities has been my formula. Uh, Opportunities is not in my control, they always come but have I been prepared for these? I have prepared and I've landed myself the roles that I wanted to do. So that's one. Um, And then the other question that I said so far is, so if you land yourself a right role, what do you do from there? And this is from my personal experience that once you get the roles, you have to continue to read and upskill yourself and keep learning. I mean, if if you thought that you can finish a course and prepare yourself and enter an industry or you got your right role and you're good for the rest of your career, This industry will take you for a ride. It will surprise you. So you have to continue to learn and read and upskill yourself all the time, unless you want to be stagnant in the career. So push yourself and do it. And the last thing is make mentors who can guide you. And please note, I don't say make a mentor. I say make mentors, make multiple of those. There are so many people who know so much. It's not just networking, but they can guide you in so many different directions that will work for you in some way or the other. 
and when you make it big then pass it on be a mentor to someone <laughs> you know so yeah these are three four things that i think uh, which has worked for me and has helped me reach where i am uh, and hopefully continues me on this journey great tips bharat i'm sure our audience is going to love and start following these uh, not so preachy advice thank you for that <laughs> these were not preaching because you at gave what you learned from others and that actually shows in what you explained so thank you thank you for joining us today and it was indeed a great conversation on enterprise infrastructure and like you said our audience are going to resonate well with this compute network and storage those are the three key words <laughs> thanks a lot for having me guys thank you so much it was a pleasure thank you bharat for the amazing insights Dear listeners, to know more about our speaker and the content, visit or follow us on social media. We are available on LinkedIn, Facebook, Insta, Twitter, Pinterest and also on YouTube. Just search for The Guiding Voice and then follow, like, subscribe to us and please share within your network. Also, please feel free to email us at The Guiding Voice for you. That is T H E G U I D I N G V O I C E four as a digit u as a letter at gmail.com or whatsapp us on india number 9494587187 again it is india number 9494587187 and we will be happy to collaborate with you all right so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode and today's trivia is about a trick for knowing right spellings do you know 97% of the people type in random words on Google just to see if they spelled it right. Interesting, isn't it? Thank you for listening. There is more in store, folks. Stay tuned. Have a wonderful time. Take care. Be safe. Until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>